the Lord and give him some praise in this house today. God, I praise you this afternoon. I magnify you, God. I, I lift you up, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I praise you. I wonder if for the next 15 seconds uh, you can close your eyes, lift up both your hands, uh, and just you and Jesus. Tell him how much you love him right now. Just lift up your voice, lift up your hands, close your eyes, and focus on him. And for the next few seconds right now, just you and Jesus. God, I love you, God. I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. Come on. Give, him, give your voice out loud. Tell him what, how much you love him. Tell him how much he means to you. Tell him how much you appreciate his presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you, God. Oh, look at your neighbor. Give him a high five and say, Jesus is in this house. Ah, look at somebody else and point to yourself and say, Jesus is in this house. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. As soon as I walked into this building, I felt the presence of the Lord so powerfully in this place. And I feel like God has something for somebody in particular in this house this afternoon. Amen. Amen. I, I want to read this afternoon. I want to read from Judges chapter 15. Judges chapter 15, starting with verse number 1. Judges chapter 15, starting with verse number 1. Judges chapter 15, verse number 1. But it came to pass, say it was time. Say it was time. But it came to pass within a while after. In the time of wheat harvest, good things always come at the time of harvest. In the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid or a small goat, not one of your kids. And he said, much you like to get rid of him sometime. He didn't do that. And he said, I will go into my wife into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. There is always a father-in-law. There is always an obstacle. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her. In other words, I did not think that you loved her. Your actions declared to me that you did not want what rightfully belongs to you. Therefore, I gave her to your friend, your companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. Notice that Samson's father-in-law did three things. He took something that did not belong to him. He gave her to somebody else, and he offered Samson an alternative. But in this day and hour, there has got to be something inside of you that says, God, I want, because in this day, a wife was in that mindset property. It was something that belonged to that individual. But in this day and hour, you've got to say, God, I want the revival in my family. I want the revival in my life. I want the miracle in my life. I want the blessing in my life that rightfully belongs to me. And I'm not going to accept an alternative. I'm not going to accept anything less but exactly what you have for me. 
Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines. In my vernacular, he said, Now I'm getting ready to do something. Though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes. Everybody say foxes. And took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a fire in between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shops and also the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. Because when Jesus does it, he gets everything. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go. I want to preach this afternoon, if you will help me. How many came to help me today? I want to preach this afternoon from this subject. I want to preach set on fire and set loose. Set on fire and set loose. Lay your Bibles down and pray with me one time, and let's ask God to talk to us in this house this afternoon. God, I thank you, Lord, for every individual. God, that has come into this service today. God, I pray, Lord, that your word and your spirit, God, would minister in this house. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing. I thank you for the spirit. I thank you for the victory that I feel here today. And God, I ask you, Lord, that your word and your spirit would minister to every individual that's under the sound of my voice this afternoon. God, I worship you. And I praise you right now. One more time, why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. God, I praise you. I magnify you, God. I lift you up in this place, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, God. I will praise you. I will praise you with my whole heart. I will praise you with everything that is in me. I will praise you when everybody else says to be quiet. I will praise you when everybody else says to sit down. I will praise you when my situation says you've got no money in your bank account. I will praise you when my job says you're going to get laid off tomorrow. I will praise you when everybody else says you're nothing. I will praise you when the doctor says six months and no longer. I will praise you with everything that is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Set on fire and set loose. You can be seated this afternoon. Set on fire and set loose. Look at your neighbor and say, God is about ready to set you loose. Now, you got to now see, I only have one rule, just one when I preach. I don't, I don't get upset at people because they don't respond. I'm not one of those guys that says, come on, y'all all shout now. I don't say those kind of things. All, the only rule I have is you have to say it like I say it. If we're cool with that, just put a thumbs up if you're cool with that. All right, now I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God is about ready to set you loose. Because if you don't say it in here, you're not going to say it out there. Now, I was preaching one time, and I was in a place for about uh, seven weeks. Can you imagine me for seven weeks? And I was sitting there, and I was back in the back with the sound man because I've learned to get, I've learned to get up close with the sound man because he can make you or break you. And so I don't understand people that beat up on the sound man. I, the sound man's probably the best. I'm not that kind of guy, but probably the best looking. He's probably the most intelligent person in this church. And whenever I say that, all of a sudden everything works. So that's why I say those kind of things. But 
but uh, I tried to get up close to him. And so I was back in the back with the sound man, and, and, and he was talking to the pastor. And the pastor said, he said, uh, the, the sound man said to the pastor, he said, you know, Brother Ventura preaches about 30, 40 minutes or whatever. He said, we could take two of his messages and put them on one CD and put it out like that. And the pastor looked at me and said, is that all right? I said, I don't care what you do. Just send me the check at the end of the month. I don't care what you do. And so he said, we're going to do that. So he put them both on one CD, and, and he did it that way. Then he looks at me, and he smiles. He's a friend of mine. He looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, he said, yeah, and every time Brother Ventura says, look at your neighbor and say this, or give your neighbor a high five and say that, he said, we could cut all those times out, and we could cut about 10 minutes off of each message. I just began to laugh. I didn't say anything because the rule in evangelizing is think it, just don't say it. And so I thought this, but I didn't say it out loud. And the Holy Ghost said, the reason that you tell people to give them a high five and say this, or look at your neighbor and say this out loud, is because if they don't say it in here, they're not going to say it out there. If they don't come in this house... If they don't come in this house and stand up in the middle of a revival service and say, I've got faith in God, then in the midnight hour when all hell is breaking loose against them, they're not going to have the faith to stand up in front of the devil's feet. However, if they've come into this house and in an atmosphere like this, and they've shouted, I've got faith in God, then in the midnight hour when all hell is breaking loose in their life, they can walk up to the face of the enemy, point a crooked apostolic finger, in the devil's beady eye and say, I've got faith in God. Now somebody look at your neighbor, give them a high five and say, I've got faith in God. And so I, I did not think at this particular time, I did not think that it was going to be one of those uh, experiences. I did not thank you. I did not think that it was going to be a particularly moving experience. We got our backpacks on and we got caught the little boat that goes across the, the little channel there. And I did not think it was going to be a very moving experience. And so I just had my camera in my backpack and some friends of ours were with us and we went across the, down the south of Battery Park and we caught the little ferry boat that goes across to Statue of Liberty Island. And as I cried over and we got off on the other side and I got my backpack, got my camera out. I was ready to take a couple of little pictures and then be on my way of the statue and then be on my way because I had always thought, I thought, well, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And so I began to walk around the side of the statue and you, you get off back here behind and then we begin to walk around the side of it, around the right side of the statue. And as I began to walk around the side of that statue, I began to notice something that set my heart on fire. I began to look. Now, I had always I always thought, I had always thought that the Statue of Liberty was standing still. I had always thought that she was standing there with both feet together, the book in one hand, the torch in the other hand, uh, standing there immovable and steadfast. Uh, that's what I had thought. However, when I went around the right side of the statue, I noticed something different. Uh, I noticed uh, that she is not standing still, but the left foot uh, is in front of the right foot, uh, and the robe is rippling, and the right heel is up like this. Uh, in other words, uh, liberty is not standing 
standing still, but liberty is moving. I believe Paul said it best when he said, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You came into this house, you might have been bound. But when you walk in this house, there is liberty. When God saved me, he did not save me to send me. He did not save me for me to be quiet. He set me on fire and so that he could set me loose and give me liberty. Somebody, you came into this house bound by addiction. But when you walk in this house, God's going to set you loose. Somebody, you came into this house bound by a mindset that says, God can't do anything in my life. But this afternoon, God's going to set you loose. Somebody, you came into this house thinking, God don't have a miracle for me. But in this house, God is about ready to set you loose from what other people say, what other people do, what other people think. Somebody, you shouldn't be here. Somebody, you shouldn't be here. But all of a sudden, you walked in this house and said, I don't care what everybody else says. They're going to talk anyway. I don't care what anybody else thinks. They're going to think anyway. I don't care what anybody else does. They're going to do stuff anyway. When I come in this house, I might as well get over my addiction. I might as well get liberty. I might as well get freedom. I did not come to church to sit like a frog caught in a snowstorm in February. But when I came to the house of God, I came to move. I came when I come into the house of God, there is something inside. Come up here and help me with a minute. Put the water bottle down. Come up here and help me. Let's stand right here. And then I need, and then I need somebody else. I need, I need that brother right there that's just all shouting and everything. Come on over here. Y'all are going to have to change your aisle running procedure because every Pentecostal church I've ever been in runs counterclockwise. You guys run this way. You're going to have to do the traffic jam over here, like on the 405 over here. There's a traffic jam. you got it, the 405 parking lot over there. you got to change that over there somehow. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Right over here. Right over here. Okay, right here. Right here. This is good. This is good. This is good. Right here. I like that. My goodness. we got the gun show right here. Okay. And I want Brother Seal right here. Come on over here. Come on up over here. This is a this is a thinking man. He's got a round head. He's going to represent my mind. Okay. Now the Bible says that man is body. You're the biggest around. You're the is body, soul or soul or mind, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Spirit is man's communication center with God. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost, God does not feel your mind. He doesn't feel your body. He feels your spirit. And the Bible says that in the garden, everybody was together. Man was all body, soul, and spirit together. However, when sin came, go walk over there. When sin came, it separated the communication center between man and God and God and man. That's why in the scripture, when, the, when God looks down out of heaven and says, Adam, where are you? He knows where exactly where he is, but he sees that the communication between him and Adam is gone. That's why he says, where are you? But when I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I do not receive a third watered down person of the Godhead. I receive the complete Spirit of God alive inside of me. And when I receive the Holy Ghost, everything is brought back together. Everything is brought back together. And I can talk to God, and God can talk back to me. However, 
I come into church on a Sunday late morning, early afternoon, and I come into a service, and all of a sudden, my body... My body says, oh, my God, that evangelist is crazy. He wants us to get up and shout and give people high fives and do all that kind of stuff. My Lord, have mercy. What's he thinking about? He can sleep for the rest of the afternoon if he wants to. i got to do this and that and the other thing. i got to do so much stuff. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. And then the mind says, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. He's crazy. Let's just get together and let's just not do anything. Let's sit here like a bump. Let's sit here like a frog caught in a snowstorm in February. Let's just sit here together and we're not going to move. We're not going to do anything. And my spirit is dying on the inside. And my spirit says, my God, I wish you two guys would do something because I've got to talk to him. I've got to reach him. I'm facing hell in my family. I'm facing hell in my life. I've got to find some place to find him. I've got to... But all of a sudden, we begin to feel a little bit, and we begin, and the body, and my body begins to worship and begins to praise and begins to magnify... And my mind says, that feels good, Bubba. Keep it up. And my spirit says, I've been waiting for you two guys to get it together so that I could touch him so that... When I come in this house, I don't come to sit. I come to praise Him so that I can communicate with my God. I've got to have Him set me on fire so He can set me loose. Thank you. You guys can sit down. I like the old song that says, when the Lord gets ready... Man, I know the song. When the Lord gets ready, it's time to move. <laughs> I like old song. People are like, my God, we haven't sung that song in 50 bazillion years. I love the old song. He brought me out of the miry clay. I love all that kind of stuff. But here we are. God speaks to us and says, it's time for you to get set on fire with this thing. Because it's either the Holy Ghost or it's not. Because it's either liberty or it's not the Holy Ghost. If I come into this house and I am so bound up with all kind of junk that I cannot move, then I've got a problem. And I need to either get it right with you or I need to get it right with him and put everything under control. And then I can get up and say, God, when I come into this house, I want you to set me on fire because I'm so bound by what other people think about me, by what I think other people are going to Somebody, you got to be set free from what the devil's going to say about you, from what everybody else is going to think about you. You've got to be set loose from my junk and say, God, nothing's going to stand between me and my revival. I've got to move. I've got to touch you. I've got to feel you. I've got to experience you. I've I remember somebody, you just look at your neighbor and say, it's just time to just shake that stuff off. Let's shake all that junk off. Shake off all that negative self-image. Shake off all that junk, all those reasons why you think God can't give you a miracle. 
shake off all that negative self-thinking. Think off all, all that stinking thinking, I call it. Shake off all that garbage that's weighing on your mind before you walk into this house. You need to shake off all that stuff. You need to realize as soon as you woke up this morning, God had his hand on you. As soon as you rolled back the covers off of your bed, God's hand was on you. As soon as you got in your car or got in the bus and got to this service, as soon as you put your foot on this property, God's hand was on you. And you put your Bible underneath your arm, God is on you. And when I walk into this house, God is on me. And I've got to have him set me on fire and set me loose. Look at your neighbor and say, just shake it off. There was a family who had an old goat. And this old goat was a member of the family. It was like a pet. And this old goat one day turned up missing. And the man comes home and he searches everywhere for his goat. You would do the same thing. Searches everywhere for his goat, can't find it. Finally, in the back of his house, he had an old dried up well. And all of a sudden, as he gives up, he all of a sudden he hears a sound coming out from the well. And he looks down into the well. What do you think he sees? His old little goat. So he goes back to his house and he tries to get everything he can. He tries to get ropes. He tries to get pulleys, chains, whatever he can think of to get this old stupid goat out of the pit that he's in. Finally, goat's not being very bright animals. He doesn't get the goat out. And so finally he thinks, well, the goat's in the pit. I might as well give it a good funeral. So he goes back to the house and gets a shovel and begins to pile in dirt into the well. He begins to shovel in dirtfuls of, of dirt into this old well. And he thinks the goat is in there. I might as well bury it and give it a good funeral. But what he doesn't see is what's going on down in the well. With every shovel full of dirt that that old guy is putting upon that old goat, that old, with every shovel full, all of a sudden that goat just and goes up a little bit higher. Until finally the man thinks the goat might be dead. I might as well take a look at him. He looks up just in time to see that old goat clamber up out of that old dry well and lick him in the face. The enemy thinks he's going to kill you and destroy you. I'm going to put financial pressure on you. I'm going to put disease on you. I'm going to put all kind of junk. But what you've just got to do is... Jimbo, you thought you were going to kill me. You thought you were going to destroy me. But I'm just coming up just a little bit higher. You may have been down this morning, but in this service, God's going to pick you back up, set you, set you loose. Scripture said that the time came. The Scripture said it came to pass. Within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that a text said that Samson visited his wife with a kid. He began to bring to her a gift. And he said, I will go see my wife. Now, as I mentioned earlier, wives in that day were property in that day. Can't talk like that now. <laughs> it was something that rightfully belonged to him. And he said, I will get everything that is rightfully mine. And the obstacle came up and said, by your actions, 
I thought that you did not want what rightfully belongs to you. Now, we used to have this store back at home when I come from. They used to, well, not too far from here. They used to have this store called UFO. It was called Unclaimed Freight and Overstock, hence the title UFO. And department stores would get these orders from all these different appliances and everything, and people would not come and pick them up for whatever reason. And so after a certain amount of time, they'd ship them all to UFO, and you could go into UFO and buy what somebody else has already made a down payment on for like 70% off of what you would pay somewhere else. I don't know how legal that was, but that's how it was. And so (laughs) I don't know what all the stipulations were, but that's how it worked. And I began to think, I began to wonder, my God, I wonder if God has an unclaimed revival and overstock place. I wonder if he has an unclaimed miracle. I wonder if he has an unclaimed revival, unclaimed breakthrough, unclaimed miracle, unclaimed revival that somebody else prayed a prayer a long time ago and said, God, i got to have revival in my family. But because their actions, they allowed the enemy of their soul to tell them, God doesn't have a revival for you. God doesn't have a miracle for you. God doesn't have all that stuff for you. Might as well forget about it. And somewhere along the line, they forgot about it. And God has a table spread where the saints of God are fed, and He's waiting to give them, but for some reason, they never claimed what was rightfully theirs. I thought, God, if there is somebody that don't want their revival, send it this way. I don't care if it's in a brown paper bag with grease stains on it. God, I gotta have it. I gotta have my revival. If it's, if it's mine, God, I've got to have exactly. And so Samson said, it's mine, I've gotta have. And the father-in-law said, your actions showed me you didn't want what rightfully belongs to you. And so, here's an alternative. Somebody, you want a new life. And the enemy of your soul is going to offer you an alternative. But there's got to be something in you, inside of you that says, God, I know I can accept an alternative and have a good life. Or I can have the best life that I've ever had before. God, there's something inside me, God. I've got to have what rightfully belongs. I've got to have what that guy's talking about. I've got to have a breakthrough. I've got to have a miracle. God, there's something inside me. Come on, accept this alternative. I'm not going to accept an alternative. I've got to have what rightfully belongs. No, accept this in its place. I cannot accept that in its place. I've got to have exactly what God said that I could have. And so Samson, the scripture says, he went and caught, he went and caught 300 foxes. Now I begin to, I, I begin to look at this, this, this word foxes. Now, many times we think of, of the Disneyland fox, you know, the little red with the white tail and the little thing and hopping through the forest. Yeah, that's the kind of thing we think about. But I began to study the word fox in the original. As I began to study the word fox, the word fox doesn't mean like that kind of cute little fox, fox and hound thing. In reality, what it means is jackal or a dog. In other words, Samson went and caught 300 dogs. Now, a jackal in the scripture, a dog burrowed in the ground, it was forbidden to touch They couldn't eat those animals. The law said they were dirty. You can't even touch them. God, I have got 
a young girl that is back home. I don't care what the enemy said about you. I don't care what your family said about you sitting here this afternoon. I don't care what anybody else has said about you. I don't care if they said you can never make anything. You can never be anything. You can never do anything. God said, if you'll come in this house and let me set you on fire, I will prove everybody else wrong. I'll prove your family wrong. I'll prove your bloodline wrong. I'll prove the enemy wrong. I'll prove the world wrong. If you'll come in here and let me touch you and feel you, if you'll let me set you on fire, I'll prove everybody wrong. Somebody, you're going to leave this house and you're going to prove your family right. You're going to prove the world right. You're going to prove the devil right. Your family that said you're not ever going to be anything. The world that said you're never going to get anything in the kingdom of God. The devil that said might as well not even go to that altar today. You're going to prove them right. But somebody in this house is going to walk out of this house and prove the world and prove the devil and prove your family wrong and say, you know what? I'm going to get everything that belongs to me. Excuse me, family. I've got to get everything that God has for me. Excuse me, devil. I've got to get what God has for me. Excuse me. God, I know I'm the wrong woman in the wrong place at the wrong time. Everybody else wouldn't have even come there that day. Everybody else would have said, three strikes and you're out. That's what the world would have said. God, I know I'm the wrong woman, wrong place, wrong time. I'm in the wrong dispensation. I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. But God, I've got a little girl back home. And I can go back home, God, and my situation is going to be the same. You can leave this house and not get set on fire, and your situation is going to be the same. The problem is going to be the same. The... The despair is going to be the same. The depression is going to be the same. That, that thing that's got you under its foot is going to be exactly the same. And it can kill you, or like I said on Wednesday night, it can put you to the throne of Jesus. And she said, Jesus, I've been here. I, 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 I can go back home, and everything would be the same. But God, my situation, my dilemma has not killed me. My dilemma is not going to destroy me. My situation is going to drive me to your feet. God, I've got a little girl back home that is possessed by the devil. God, I've got to have you touch her. I've got to have you. I've got to have a miracle in my life, God. It is not right for me. To take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs. He called her a dog. But instead of getting offended and walking away empty, she said, God, I know everybody else thinks I'm untouchable. I know everybody else thinks I, I will never be anything. I know everybody else thinks I'm nothing in this world. But God, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I know everybody else thinks I'm a dog. I know everybody else thinks I'll never do anything. I know everybody else thinks I'll never amount to anything. But if you will speak the word in my life, if you will touch me, I know you can use me. If you will touch me and bless Woman, get out from underneath that table. I'm about ready to give you the greatest miracle that you've ever had. Go home. Your daughter is healed. 
Oh, somebody, the world said you'll never do anything. You'll never amount to anything. But when you come in this house, if you'll let Jesus touch you, if you'll let Jesus catch you, if you'll let Jesus touch you with purpose, Samson went caught 300 dogs. And he bound two together at a time. I can go home today and I can have victory in my life. But if I bind together, come up here, if I bind together with you. If one, the Bible says, if one can turn a thousand devils away, two can turn ten thousand devils away. If I bind together with you, you can help me pray, and I can help you pray. And together, there's no devil in hell that can stand against us. Or I can bind together with you, and together we can have revival in our family. Or I can bind together with you, and God will set us on fire, and we can have a miracle like we've never had before. Or I can bind together with you and we can have the greatest revival. But you've got to say, God, I've got to be. God, I've got to be bound to your word. God, I've got to be bound to what you say. Because, God, I know the only way I'm going to get victory in my family, the only way I'm going to get a healing in my body, the only way I'm going to get revival is I say, God, I've got to have your word. Bind it to me. God, bind it to my heart. Because there's power in your name and there's power in your word. God, bind me. He took 300 people that nobody said, whatever amount to anything said, come here, when I touch you. You've been under the influence of so many things in your life, but when you're under the influence of his hand, when you're under the influence of his touch, every other thing that tried to touch your life was just there to steal, kill, and to destroy you. But I have come, Jesus said, when I touch you, I've come to bring you life, and that more abundantly, I'll touch you with purpose. I'll touch you with direction. I'll touch you with anointing. He took them, touched them, bound them together, and put a fire, a torch of fire in between them. Revival means more to me. Revival in my family. Revival in your family means more to me. Than any beef or any problem you and I might have. Revival means so much more to me than the status quo. Revival means so much to me than these petty arguments. Revive, I don't know why I'm going here, but revival means so much more to me than all this other kind of junk that might stand in our way. We've got to be bound by the fire of the Holy Ghost and revival together. And if we are bound together by the fire of the Holy Ghost, there is a revival that is waiting to be born, but we've got to bind ourselves. The only thing The thing we have in common, the thing I have in common with you, with you, with you, and with you, and with you, is the fact that we've been bound together by the torch, by the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
And when God touches you and calls you and brings you to this altar, He's going to set you on fire. Samson said, I'm going to set you on fire because I've got a field out there. I've got a revival out there. I've got a miracle out there. I've got a fire that needs to be on those fields right now. I've got the fire of revival that is waiting. I've got the fire of the miraculous that's waiting out there. And all I need are 300 people that say, God, I know nobody else wants to use us, but God, we're here right now. Touch us with power and anointing. Set us on fire. Bind us together. Set us on fire and set us loose. Stand with me, musicians, come today. Samson said, I caught you, I touched you, I set you on fire, I bound you together. Somebody right now, lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Close your eyes with me right now. Somebody, God told you. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's your field. Somebody God told you, I'm going to give you a miracle in your body. That's the field. Somebody God told you, I got a new life of victory and power. That's the field. Somebody God told you, in this service... If you will praise me like you've never praised me before, I'm going to set you on fire and set you loose into that field of revival, into that field of the miraculous, into that field that you've never experienced before. That is your... Close your eyes with me right now and open your spiritual eyes. I want you to see that miracle right now. I want you to see yourself... Coming to this altar, lifting up your voice in praise to God. I want you to see your revival. I want you to see your miracle. I want you to see what God has for you. Say, why am I seeing this? Why am I looking for this? Because that is your field. That is what God has promised you. That's that new life over addiction that God has for you. That's that new life of power that God has for you. That's that new life of revival that God has for you. And you've come to this part before. And you said, God, I have stood on the edge of this miracle. I've stood on the edge of this revival. I've stood on the edge of this thing that you've spoken into my life. I've stood and I've watched it. I've been told by other preachers and other services and other times. I've been told I could have a new life. I've been told I could have a blessing. I've been told I could have a miracle. And you have stood on the edge for so long. And this afternoon, God is saying, I don't care 
what you think you cannot do. If you'll let me touch you right now. I don't think you're a victim. I think you're a victor. I don't think you're conquered. I think you're the conqueror. I don't think you're under. I think you're on top. And if you'll let me touch you, I'll set you on fire with my power. I'll set you on fire with my spirit. I'll set you on fire with my anointing. I'll set you on fire with my freedom. I'll set you on fire with my victory. And then I will set you loose. Loose into what? Loose into your revival. Loose into your new life. Loose into your breakthrough. Loose into your miracle. Loose into what God has for you. Somebody right now, you're straining at the gate like a horse at the gate. You're straining at the gate. And you're thinking, God, I've been promised so many times. God, I've been told it's going to happen so many times. God, I've heard those words so many times. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen if it doesn't happen. I've been told all this stuff so many times. But I promise you as a man of God today, I promise you as a man of God today, if you'll say, God, nobody else thinks I can have this. Nobody else thinks I can do this. Nobody else thinks I can build this building. Nobody else thinks I can walk into this revival. Nobody else thinks I can move into this area. Nobody else thinks I can have this kind of victory in my life. Nobody else thinks this but God I've come to this house today I felt your touch I felt your anointing set me on fire and set me loose lift up your hands right now close your eyes lift up your voice pray with me right now Jesus God will come to you this afternoon God knowing Lord Oh, my God. Knowing, Lord, that there is a revival. Knowing, Lord, that there is a miracle. Knowing, Lord, that there are so many powerful things that are waiting for these people that are sitting in this in these chairs right now, that are sitting in this building right now, God. And God is waiting to set somebody on fire and set them loose. And Jesus, I pray right now that your word and your spirit will touch every individual. But sadly, some people remind me of the woman underneath the table. Content with just crumbs and scraps. And we'll never hear the voice of Jesus that says, come out. Because I'm not ready to set you loose into your miracle. Remind me of Lazarus. Alive. But bound. Remind me of these hopeless cases that Samson took and set on fire and are waiting to march into what God has for them. But this afternoon, God is wanting somebody in just a moment to step out of your pew and you're going to come to this front of this building, this altar right now. And with every step that you make toward this altar, 
you're going to say, Jesus, I am walking into what you've got for me. With every step, you make it to this altar. In just a moment, I want you to say, Jesus, this is my miracle. This is my revival. This is my blessing. This is mine right here, God. And everybody else thinks I cannot have this. I've got a thousand reasons why this shouldn't happen. God, i got a million reasons why I shouldn't receive the Holy Ghost. i got so many reasons why I should not have my miracle. I've got so many reasons, but God, I feel a fire inside my soul right now. God, you've set me on fire. And right now, God, you're just waiting for me. You're waiting for me to step out so that not only can you set me on fire, but so that you can set me loose. Lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice and cry out loud to Jesus. <laughs> oh, the that's the Holy Ghost right there. Oh, that's the Holy Ghost right there, sir. That's the Holy Ghost right there, man. That's the power of God touching your life. He's touching you with purpose right there. He's touching you with direction right there. He's touching you with His Word. And right now, 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 I want you to leave your pew chair. I want you to leave from where you're sitting. And I want you to step out and say, Jesus, this is mine right here. This is mine right here. This is mine. Come on, move from where you are right now. Move from where you are right now. Take somebody by the hand right now and say, come on. Take somebody by the hand right now and say, come on. Step out right now. Step out right now. God's going to set. That's it. Come on. Come all the way in. That's it. Come on. Come all the way in. That's it. Come all the way in. Come on now. Entertain the Spirit of God. Push all the way in. Push all the way in. Give everybody room in this house. Invite somebody. Step out right now. Now lift up both your hands and lift up your voice. And say, Jesus, set me loose. Jesus, set me loose in my revival. Set me loose in my miracle. Set me loose into what you've got for me. I've heard your word. I've felt your spirit. I've been set on fire. Now, set me loose. Come on, let your voice out loud. Praise Him out loud. From the very bottom of your soul. Let Him set you on fire. And set you loose. Come on, praise Him. Come on, pray. Don't stop. Praise Him. That's it. Don't stop. Praise Him.
Respectful to the sovereign move of God. If you need to go, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. I encourage you. If you want to go down for the dinner, you can move down there ready for you now. Those of you that are feeling God and connecting with Him, I want you to just stay and connect with Him right now. 
but you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. You have uh, liberty to go downstairs. Hallelujah. Shanda Bahako Sataya.